For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. I'm Shane Told. I am your host, just like every week, as I take you into the very interesting lives of other lead singers. And this week, oh, it's a good one. It's a good one. I know I've done like 200 and something episodes And it's hard to say, honestly, this is like my absolute top favorite episode I've done. But I'm going to say like top three for sure. Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm is on the show. She is so awesome. She's so honest. She's so well-spoken. She was great to talk to. And I am so excited for you all to hear this conversation. What a story. What an artist. This is exciting. Before we get to that, I've got some very, very big news. My band Silverstein, we are putting out a brand new album this Friday. It's called A Beautiful Place to Drown. It'll be available on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon Music or all, you know, wherever you listen to your music, you can check it out. We've released three singles so far. But I think the record is a little bit different than the single. So definitely check it out. I uh, would be really appreciative of that. And if you want to pick up a physical copy, we just got the vinyl and the CDs sent out to us on tour. They look so beautiful. Man, the packaging is really, really awesome. So yeah, uh, either get it at a show. We're on tour right now. For the dates, go to Silverstein20.com or, you know, just go on the internet web and, uh, you know, Pick it up, order it from wherever, uh, silversteinmusic.com. 
probably has all that information. It really should. If it doesn't, there's a problem. Anyway, check it out. A Beautiful Place to Drown by Silverstein. We are very, very excited about all that. I also want to remind you, you can always get in touch with me. I read all my email. It's leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. Very simple. And uh, yeah, I try to get back to everybody too. Sometimes I'm a little slow, especially when I'm on tour and all that. But I, uh, I do enjoy reading all of your opinions. And if you have suggestions for upcoming guests of the show or anything like that, I really, really do appreciate you taking the time to say what's up. Add me on social media at Shane Told. The show is at Lead Singer Syndrome or at Lead Singer Sin. Whichever one you're looking at, you know, just Google it. It'll come right up. And if you want to help out the show financially, we do need the support. Don't worry. The show will always be free, but we do rely on people making contributions every month to keep this thing going, keep this thing growing with awesome guests and awesome content. So I've started this thing called the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. And for as little as $6 a month, you sign up, you join an incredible community of other fans of the show. I'm there too. We talk about music. We talk about all these things on a really, really great Facebook group. And you get bonus episodes, bonus content, more interaction with me. I do question and answer sessions. It's also the only way to get merchandise and you got free merchandise too. Uh, Ship to your house every three months. Pretty cool. And it is what keeps this thing going. And uh, shout out to all my sinners. 350, 400, I don't know. I don't even know where we're at right now. But we got a great number. And I really, really do appreciate the love that you give me every single month. Well, I don't think I have any other news. And I really want to get into this one because it's so damn good. So here it is, my conversation with Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. Hi, Lizzie. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Shane, this is so awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time for me. <laughs> oh, no, no. Thank you for taking the time. This is, uh, this is great. I've wanted to have you on for a while. Oh, I appreciate that, man. It's, it, it's, it's so fun. I've actually, I've been doing a little, just a little like small Google search of, of <laughs> yep. your, of, of Silverstein, like what a cool name. And, and, uh, Man, yeah, you, you've uh, you've you've done some shit in your life, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. I guess you could say that. Yeah, we, we're at um, twenty years of being in a band, which is kind of crazy. Amazing. But yeah, it's it's always funny, you know, how like we can be kicking around and like we played this festival with you guys actually in Czech Republic. I want to say like, oh, oh my gosh, year like I guess the summer before last, maybe it was. Okay, um, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> you were awesome though. I watched your whole set and was like blown away. Um, but yeah, I think we were on the same stage. We played like two bands before you, but it's amazing how you can, there's just so much out there. That's like, I don't know. I don't know every band that's been around for 20 years. It's like, it's crazy, you know? 
It is crazy. It, you know, it's it honestly, it's fewer than you think. Cause like I, I tell people all the time, like, oh, so when do you, cause we, we technically like we started hailstorm in 97. Right. So, so it's like, and then people are like, Oh, seriously? Like you've been around that long. I'm like, yeah, that's what it takes sometimes to be in a band and just seriously, just like, you know, tough it out for, for, for years. No. And I was like, Oh, where'd you, where'd you come from? No, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. it, do, it doesn't feel like, I know your first record came out in like 2009 or something. It fe- it does feel like longer than you, like the 10 years that you've been kind of kicking around though. Like, I, oh, I don't absolutely. know. I think that's a good thing to say. I don't know. That's yeah. how I feel. Oh, though. Yeah, no, it, it, it feels like it too. Cause it's like a couple different lifetimes. You have to kind of live, you know, and, oh, man. and so uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely not the same person I was 10 years ago. You well, know? Let, so. let me ask you this. Are you, are, how was playing with Slash the other day? Oh, that's I crazy. Mean, go back to in 1997 and someone tells you you're going to play, be playing guitar just casually right beside Slash. Oh yeah, no. Um, I would have said I would have said to whoever, you know, you're completely wrong, and that will never <laughs> happen. But the coolest thing, though, about that whole thing, you know, was actually what came before the playing, because you know, I've I've met Slash over the years, and we we sang together a couple of years ago after we we put out a cover EP, right, and uh, right. and uh, you know, and then like we ended up, you know, kind of getting in contact with the guy and, and the, the craziest thing. So like everybody kind of showed up together for rehearsals. Right. <laughs> so, so slash comes in, he's like, Hey Lizzie. And I'm like, Oh cool. He still remembers my name. That's really awesome. <laughs> you know? And then, you know, you know, uh, you know, Rick Nielsen comes in. He's like, Hey Lizzie. I'm like, Oh cool. He remembers my wow. name too. You know, I like my 13 year old self still has this, like, you know, inside still has this, like, incredible like imposter syndrome you know like moments where you're just like what am i doing here (laughs) you know you 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 put on your leather jacket and you try to be cool and i'm like you know one of these days everyone's gonna figure out that i'm totally not cool and just like you know (laughs) crashing the party but uh but yeah no it's 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 really cool it's 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 humbling to to have those moments you know yeah well we the, the saying we say around here is fake it till you make it Oh, absolutely. Uh, and that's like what everyone did. I mean, even Slash probably probably did up to a point. Ah, uh, no. Slash was always cool. I read his book. He was always cool. I don't know. Oh, man. But that's wild. No, I just like casually flip flipping through through Instagram and just see there. Oh, there's a photo of Lizzie just like jamming with Slash. Like, just hanging what, out. What was that? You know? that was for the NAMM show? Yeah, that's for the NAMM show. Um, Gibson had this kind of NAMM jam thing for the first day and um, at the, at the Grove. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Cause like everybody ended up getting up. So like all of a sudden it's like, okay, there's like me and then like slash and then Rick Nielsen and Billy Gibbons and, you know, all of these wow. amazing people. And, you know, and, uh, you know, my guitar player got up and then this awesome, uh, new kind of younger kid, uh, Jared James Nichols, which is, he's just an amazing blues player. And I don't know. It's like one of those things where it's like, it, it happened and I'm like, what is life right now? Is you this, know, like, yeah, what, like, what is like, going on? See, these this day and age, everything is so, you know, rehearsed and prepared. And But this sounds like it was just like a good old fashioned jam session. Uh, pretty well. We didn't even, we uh, we didn't even really rehearse that particular song. We, uh, um, I ended up uh, performing with my guitar player. And then uh, we had uh, uh, Chuck Garrick from Alice Cooper and Richie Faulkner from... Jesus Priest get up and do one of our songs, um, uh, I Miss the Misery. And so we right. rehearsed that, but then nobody could like really like get the timing together to like really 
do like whatever it was going to be the finale, which was going to be whole out of love. Okay. And so like, we, we, we all know it, but like, we, we didn't like sit there and like rehearse parts. And so like, they kind of threw me, you know, like, like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're going to play, but, but we're just going to give you the first verse. So you, you just sing the first verse and then, you know, everybody we will just kind of figure the rest of it out. Okay, cool. Fine. You know, I, I, trial by fire, you know, um, <laughs> no, no big deal. Just don't, don't fuck it up. You know, <laughs> it's only, it's only like the greatest, like rock legends in the world right now next to you. Just don't fuck it up. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, I think that they, uh, they give all of us far too much credit for, <laughs> For that, oh, you guys got this right. It's fine. Right, right. <laughs> so, but um, but it was a lot of fun. It was that a lot of fun. Rules. That whole Nam experience is a is a trip. I hadn't been there in a couple of years because we've been just touring our asses off, and and uh, it was it was really neat. You know, like the whole the whole thing was was uh, just a beautiful thing to be a part of. Well, did you see anything super weird and stupid that you want to tell the people about? You know, because it's because the whole thing for people who don't know it's like Nam is like the music technology conference, so. They'll always have like the funniest thing I saw a couple years ago was like a keyboard that you like, I don't even know how you get into it, but it's like a circle around you. So you just can <laughs> like endlessly circle around and play keyboard until you like. Oh, dude, uh, I saw that too. I like, totally saw that. Uh, but I, I, I saw somebody like posted a picture. I'm like, oh my God, seriously. So you just, you're in the the circle of keys. I yeah. saw, I saw a ridiculous thing, but I actually really, I, I was trying to convince my little brother, who's my drummer, um, to, to contact Pearl and like figure out how he gets this thing. <laughs> but it's like the same thing. It's like this like circular track. So you can either go like from side to side on the, on the drum kit. It's like a, like a mini roller coaster, oh, but, you can, yeah, yeah. but you can connect it and then loop around. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, bro, why don't you have this right now? <laughs> What's going on? Um, yeah, no, it's like, it's always a little bit, uh, ridiculous, you know? And, right. and, uh, and and complete chaos. Like we we were, I hadn't been there in a couple of years, and we, th- thankfully we had our security guy and our assistant tour manager with us, and like we couldn't we could go like ten feet, and uh, and there, like, there's people asking for pictures and stuff like that. But then like just to get to where you're supposed to go in in the schedule, no, like pretty much moment by moment, I was kind of scheduled in to do a bunch of things, and and so you know, and it was just uh just me and my guitar player that went. So we had these two. We had two performances, one for one for Marshall and one for Gibson, that we were just basically doing this like guitar. It's like an it's like electric duo, but then with like me singing with it as well. So it was like basically like just kind of this like medley thing, like showing off some of the the parts, you know, with our guitars, right. but but also like me singing. So it was kind of like electric, but we probably would have done the same thing acoustic, but we did it electric anyway. It was, it was cool. We've got some guitar minis, very cheesy. It's, it was great. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but like, but yeah, so like, but every single thing, like, like from like the first day we got in till to the last day was just kind of like scheduled out. So it's like, okay, just to get to point A from point A to point B, like you, you get lost and then you end up in like, like just drum chaos mania like on the first floor just everyone's just <laughs> trying to play no no it was, it was it's like nuts. walking into a, like, it's like walking into the biggest guitar center you've ever seen like get, oh, me, get me out of here if i hear sweet child of mine <laughs> played or stairway to heaven one more time you know <laughs> oh man oh yeah. that's that's funny so uh this weekend it's the grammys yeah, dude. And you're, and you're it, Grammy, I can't believe it came up. Grammy, I know. It seems like it came up fast, but you know, you being Grammy veterans, uh, are you going? 
No, no, I'm not going this year. Um, we we we're getting ready to do this um, really ridiculous thing. It's a uh, it's that ship rock thing. Yeah, I saw that. So so it's like yeah, that it's like you know it's it's just a five day meet and greet basically. <laughs> um, it, it's really funny because it's like I I know most of the super fans that are going because they're the people that would would actually buy tickets to something that ridiculous. Um, but it it yeah, it's funny. It's like my little brother's going to be on like a. I like a Mardi Gras float, you know, like as like the king of the Mardi Gras <laughs> like with, with, with like beads and everything. And, um, I think they're hosting, uh, he's hosting a, um, uh, like a, like a drunken twister. Oh my God. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they do always do really ridiculous things like that, you know, and <laughs> I'm doing a couple Q and A's and we have like two performances, one on the first day and one on the last day. You so, haven't, so you haven't done this uh, before. Uh, we we've done we've done it once before oh, yeah, okay. and uh and yeah it's it's funny so like my my method is you know i just like to hang out with everybody like if you like just immerse yourself on the boat like just say hi to everybody and like for the first two days just like just do it um after a while everyone's like well yeah where are you gonna go we're gonna see you later <laughs> yeah, so like nobody right. bugs you anymore but right. like some of my counterparts would just be like recluses and just like literally like live in their room and so they couldn't even come out to eat without getting like mobbed and then all of a sudden there's like a two-hour like line of like i just need your autograph and a picture of you because i'm never going to see you again so i think that my method worked they also gave us like an insane amount of booze last time that we were not going to finish <laughs> in five days um so we ended up being uh <laughs> what did mike say like booze like santa claus but with like you know booze like where basically we we got this like huge sleeve of solo cups and uh, and just walked around and just gave everybody shots. Just like, hey, do you want a drink? Do you want a shot here? And I don't know. It's just chaos. It's going to be hilarious. How many, um, how many people go to yeah. this thing? Like, how many people buy tickets for the for this? Um, I don't even know the capacity, but it's like a carnival cruise, basically. So like it's a like this huge thousand, boat, maybe. Yeah, something like that. And it's like so like and this so it's just a constant. Everyone goes and sees like pretty much every show because it's all the same uh, audience. So like we're doing two completely different sets right. um, because we're like, well, they're gonna see us both times. We shouldn't do the same <laughs> stuff. So yeah, yeah it's 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 the a same unique stage experience. banter between songs would be very awkward in that situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, not not gonna happen. But we we like to do that anyway, just because I don't I don't like. I don't know. I get bored. Um, but, uh, but no, I, I wish I was going, um, my, my friends, uh, in, in a band called rival sons are, are up for two, uh, they're nominated for two Grammys, um, in rock this year. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I'd love to be there to cheer them on. Um, we were nominated last year and I, I got to present. Uh, so like we made it just kind of like a whole trip last year and, um, yeah, and so so it, I, I'm I'm gonna root for them uh, from afar, but <laughs> yeah, no, awesome, awesome, I love it. Uh, so I want to go back and talk about some of the early days and stuff. And you know, you talked about 1997 being the year that the band started, but you were what? Like you were just a kid. I mean, you were still yeah, like, still in high school, kind of figuring out the ropes. Your brother's even younger. Um, yeah. What I think yeah, is we kind of interesting. Thirteen and eleven. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is kind of interesting though is like how you know your dad was your bass player uh up until <laughs> yeah. like you know you guys were kind of getting like to be a real band um so how, what was it like with your family life just obviously your dad's super supportive and everything but but how, how was that like just in your household was music like just everything yeah music was kind of always around my my dad had played you know in bands in the 70s and 80s and you know nobody that anyone would ever hear of but he was trying to do it and then uh 
you know, they had me and and then he got a normal job and, you know, like third right. shift, like big machinery mechanics. So he's, he, he was always kind of handy too, but I think he was kind of thrilled, you know, that we didn't want to be doctors and lawyers and we weren't interested in sports. So when we, when we had our first show as Hailstorm, we literally named it, the named the band that day, um, <laughs> ended ourselves in a talent show, um, Long story short, we we got a third place trophy, but we lost <laughs> to the tap dancing cowgirl. Um, you know, yeah, it's like the Schuylkill County Fair. Woo! Um, like, it, but uh, I remember like everything absolutely changing, like in all in the course of that twenty four hours. You know, like little bro and I are like, whoa, like we got to do this again. We just have to figure out how to do this again. Like, how do we do this tomorrow? Right. You know, and um, and my parents didn't really let on that they were terrified of like letting us do this and like, but, but they were with us because they were like, okay, we, 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 they're going to do it anyway. <laughs> My parents like kind of like admitted to this to me, like literally like in the last five years, like, you know, we were terrified, right. To let you do this. Cause it's like, there's so much disappointment and there's, and there's no guarantee you're going to make it. And, right. and you're, you're a girl and there's all these things. It's like, this is like the last thing that you want for your, for your child is that is to embark on this highly unpredictable and, and dangerous, you know, right. um, endeavor. So, uh, but, but they're like, well, you know, we saw in your eyes, you're going to do it anyway. So we might as well support you. Cool. Um, and, uh, but, but it's funny though, because I look back on that stuff. I was just talking to my dad about this. Cause we like built, like we, we made our own pyro, you know, like, really? it's, Actually? You know, yeah. Like we went, we went, my, my, my dad helped us like weld together these like kind of steel like pods and it, and it, the wiring connected to, uh, to a, one of our pedal boards. Right. <laughs> and so we would go to like this, there, there was this like really weird, like magic shop in Harrisburg. We go get flash paper and a little bit of gunpowder, you know, just, just wow. a bit. and, 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 you know, we could trigger it. And like, we literally would be like literally playing, you know, happy hour in the corner of like this bar called the rusty nail that was like, you know, just this dive, bar you know and we would set off our own pyro this is before the great white incident oh, yeah, which right. after after, <laughs> that, that after, everything. after that that changed the whole game for homemade pyro um but uh but no like we build a rotating upside down drum kit for my little brother and and i remember i talked to dad about this i'm like isn't this like parenting 101 don't shake the baby you know like you <laughs> but they but they like let us do that and then um you know dad was in the band because it was just rj and i for a while just kind of white striping it up and, and, uh, right. and they're like, well, dad's, dad's a bass player. Dad should be in the band. And so <laughs> I was like 15. And so like, you know, that, that whole like arc of time, it's, it, it usually lasts like one summer, you know, where you're like, dad's cool. Dad's cool. Oh, it's not cool to hang out with dad anymore. Dad's not cool. <laughs> you know? And so we literally had to like sit down with dad and be like, dad, we're going to like, we're going to look for people our own age now. And he was like super bummed, but he was like, well, can I still come to the gigs? And I'm like, yeah, dad, we need someone to drive us. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Well, it's like and, the um, ultimate living yeah. vicariously through you, right? Like, you know, Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, that's they, really sweet. They, yeah. They, they were never like stage parents. Like they never really, I, I think they just like wanted to make sure that like we didn't get into trouble and all of that stuff. Yeah. And so, um, even after we got signed, I ended up taking for that first album cycle out, um, ended up taking my parents out with us and like, just can't, you know, they were, they were like roadies or whatever. Just let, let, let them live it a little bit, you know, be like, look yeah. at, look at this stuff. You encouraged us to do that. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I was lucky, you know? 
That's awesome. Well, yeah, it's interesting because you know you're still in your first band. You know, oh, absolutely. A, a lot of people, a lot of people, like really by the weird. time they're they're you know our age, it's like they've been around. They've they're on like their third or maybe even fourth, you know, uh, sort of serious band, and you just kind of ran yeah. out of the gate with your brother. You just built this, built it, built it, built it, built it, and here you are. Um, it, it's it's kind of. I mean, I think that's special and different. I don't think that that happens to everybody. Uh, yeah, no, there's something to be said about uh, just being obsessed. <laughs> there's a fine line between obsession and determination, you know, it's it's, yeah. a, it's a blurry, blurry fine line. But um, yeah, I don't know. We just literally, I mean, I guess obsession is the best way to put it. We literally just everything else came second, you know, uh, little bro and I, and, and, and he's, he's great because he followed me down every harebrained scheme you know, it, we still have like practically the same, you know, contract that we did when we were in middle school. Like, I, well, I get to play drums with, with you, right, sis? I'm like, yeah, dude, <laughs> we're, we're a band. Here we go. And still that way to this day. And, you know, and we still kind of have that same dynamic. So, you know, all right. Well, what do you think about doing this? Like, yeah, cool. Let's do it, you know, and let's see how far we can take it. And it sounds um, like you guys when, never fight. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't really, we get really? annoyed with each other every now and then because he and I are kind of polar opposites. Like he is, how do I describe my little brother? If, um, if, if animal from the Muppets and, uh, <laughs> and David Lee Roth had a baby, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that would be my little brother. Wow. And, um, yeah, he's, that took he's a crazy kind of a turn nut. before you said, uh, DLR. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Animal and. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, he was kind of born ready to go, you know, like right. where's the camera? Where the, you know, it's like, I, I'm, he's never been like afraid of being in front of an audience. I've had to work very hard to be like decent at what I do and, and get, get to the point where I'm comfortable. I was a painfully shy child. So I right. think in a lot of ways we completed each other in, in, in some sense, but we, but I think that if we didn't have music, we'd both be doing just completely different things and maybe like, Hey, I love you. I'll see you at Christmas. Cool. You know, like, cause right. we're just both that way. But, um, now you see him every, yeah. literally every day, literally right? every day. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, That's but, and it's been the same four members, my bass player yeah. and, and, and my guitar player, they joined in uh, 2003. So it's been like, what, almost 17 years or something with the same four people. And, I think one of our biggest accomplishments is that we haven't killed each other yet, probably, but, but, yeah, uh, that's it's, amazing. it's kind of uncanny. We do get teased though. Like when we're on tours with, with guys who just have that kind of business relationship, like they don't really talk unless they're on stage. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like literally it happens because we, like we still go on like what we call like band dates. Like we'll all go out bowling together. Like yeah. there's the four of us and, and, uh, and people find that really weird. They're like, wait together. I'm like, yeah, you guys don't do that. And they're like, no, no, no. We never even see each other unless we're on stage. I'm like, oh, okay. That sounds terrible. That doesn't sound so, good. I mean, I think there can be yeah. some in between. I mean, like is fine, but you know, not talking yeah. or anything. That sounds like how, yeah. how do you, geez. I mean, we all, you know, we all have our, our different lives and the things that we right. do and significant others. And my bass player has a kid now with his wife. And, and so like, but it's still, it's, it's weird. Cause we all get together. We just got together to rehearse yesterday and, and the day before. And it's just like, I don't know. We just still feel like we're teenagers just trying to make it. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's unique. And I, I don't question it. No, I, um, it. I just appreciate it. I, I love it. And, and like seeing you play and, and I only saw you play once and it was at that festival. But I, I like you guys are obviously like you're a super serious band. 
and you're really tight and you take everything seriously like on stage and playing and then all of a sudden the drummer says how about big sticks oh and then you do like to me what was the cutest most ridiculous funniest like it was heartwarming it had like i just was like this is the best thing i've ever seen um for people that don't know it's basically big sticks he plays a drum solo with yeah over the top gigantic drumsticks yeah they're like baseball bats or whatever and he's still he's he has like two pairs so long story short (laughs) the first time he ever did that right was he was like uh man i think he was about 15 16 years old and a super fan had gotten them from chuck e cheese you remember like oh yeah chain so like one of them was like closing down or whatever and they were like giving a bunch of stuff away and one of our fans which is which is funny because like if you think about it like when rj and i were like you know 15 and what i would be like 17 or something uh, who who the hell would be super fans of ours right so obviously obviously like just you know somebody out of their mind anyway they they got them for him he literally broke them within the first year and then we ended up like kind of scouring like <laughs> just to try to find them again because it became kind of such a thing going to every Chuck and E. Cheese in the country pretty much yeah <laughs> like well how can we find these again um you look a little I, old pretty- to be here <laughs> you look <laughs> exactly why are you here um but yeah no that it's become like such a thing like in the yeah. live show that like we literally have like one in our like rigs in Europe and like right. just <laughs> them spread around. No, I thought um, it was because people, I it was people get really upset. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's a nut. <laughs> and he's the fact a hell that he of, wants to play with them. He's a hell like, of a drummer too. He's uh oh, thanks, incredible. Man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so yeah, you guys, you know, you're talking about doing shows and stuff when you're a kid. Like, you know, being from Red Lion, Pennsylvania, it's not exactly you know, a hotbed of underground music. Um, But it's not, it's one of those places that's like not terribly far from anything either. Right. Like, so, you know, a couple hours from Philly, a couple hours from Baltimore, I guess. Yeah. So what, where did you play when you were, you know, on the the Um, way up? Man, everywhere and anywhere they'd let us play. Like literally, um, uh, you know, coffee houses where like in the beginning it was like, coffee houses and like youth lock-ins and like happy hour at at bars. And then we eventually worked ourselves up to like, you know, just literally gigging. We were gigging on our own. Um, like by the time we had started kind of shopping to labels, uh, when I was like, what, 22 or something, Mm -hmm. we, we had worked ourselves up to doing about 200, uh, like the 240 dates a year or something like that. But we just, we just literally like, like, um, we would either, uh, beg people to let us play or, you know, or like you create this kind of like, uh, you know, hotbed of like, we would, you know, get together with a lot of the local bands and they would let us open up for them. And, um, you know, we, we weren't really picky with where we would play. Like we, we had a lot of we had a lot of bowling alley gigs where like we were in the corner and they would like pay us in pizza, you know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Um, we used to flyer all the time. Like remember, oh, remember flyering, like you go do. to like Kinko's and, yeah. you know, get like a thousand of those little suckers and like 
go into like pizza shops and be like, can we put our flyer like in your window? Cause we have a gig down the street. And, um, but yeah, that was a big reason why we ended up moving to Redline. I spent most of my young adult life since, uh, from 11 to, uh, 17, um, we lived on a 20 acre farm in, in Bethel, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. And, I didn't know that. And when, and when things, yeah, well, it's funny. Cause like when, uh, when we got signed, like our, our guy was like, Oh, you should just like keep it red line. You know, it gets too confusing. Your parents moved around too much. I'm like, okay. But, uh, but, uh, it doesn't sound sexy enough. Um, but, uh, yeah. So like, but that was kind of the main gig because like what in Bethel, like you literally, it's like, okay, there's like Lancaster and Lebanon, you know, which are the closest things, but like, it's so far to go anywhere yeah. else. So we ended up moving to Redline because of that central location. And, uh, and also there was like a, you know, a basement that we ended up making a studio and all that stuff. Yeah, but, right on. um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, it, it was a, a good spot to be. There was nothing at all going on in that town. So all, all we did every day was just, okay, we're, we're going to, record we're gonna make music we're gonna gig because there's literally i don't think we even really had in in red line we didn't really have like friends that came over you know like that was like the end of that like there was like nobody there was no like real kids around that would like hang out um you know so yeah. we, were, we were just like it was literally like the two of us doing our thing and and then with uh or i should say the four of us but um you know, we would play like for 14 hours a day in the basement and like, just try to keep everything tight and, and, uh, yeah, just gigged our butts so off. So when you started going on tour, like, did you guys just like, you said 240 dates a year before you got signed. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy. Like you must've had an agent or someone like helping you or a manager or something. Like how did that transition into we- like getting the major label deal? Like what, 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 what worked there? Cause a lot of people listen to this. They're always wondering like, how do, how does someone make it? You know? Gotcha. Well, you know, we were always kind of in a constant state of in between managers. So we had a couple, you know, local people that would help us out. Um, but mainly it was like, you know, I ended up recruiting my mom to like <laughs> help us like with the, you know, like just with like making calls and trying to, we basically, we faked the fact that we were professionals you know, like for years, like, uh, like, like we didn't like, uh, even like, even with my, my mother, you know, like, like up until the point that she just couldn't, you know, handle it anymore because it got too nuts. But, uh, you know, we wouldn't call her mom. She was always Beth. And there was like some other situation, you know, there was like (laughs) those little things that we would just try to keep pushing ourselves forward now. So, um, we started shopping ourselves to labels, um, on our own. We got to know, uh, kind of, there was a, there was a lawyer that kind of sort of liked us and, uh, and, and we kind of befriended him. And, and so he would kind of, he would introduce us to people. But, um, before that we were going to, which I don't think, I don't think they really do them anymore because it's just, you know, now internet, you can find everything and everybody's contacts are on social media. But before social media, there were these music conferences, um, it, one in Harrisburg, one in Philly, and then one in Dewey Beach, Delaware. Okay. Uh, and we would go just as a band and like basically like get tickets to these things and you could go and you could sit in the lawyer's panel. You could sit in, um, a a label panel where basically they, you get to ask questions. Uh, people tell you how to, you know, how to put together, you know, a demo, how to, how to shop yourselves to labels. So we were doing everything 
very, very DIY. Um, there was, there was like, we didn't, we didn't have contacts in the business and we would be, we would be those aggressive kids, like standing outside the panel, like, you know, like, Hey, uh, you know, Jason Flom, how you doing? Like, uh, we're in a Bengal hailstorm. Like here's our demo. And like, it, I hope, hope that he actually listens to it. You know, we were those kids. And if you so, annoyed them enough, maybe they'll, they'll finally listen maybe to they'll, it. Yeah. <laughs> but because that we ended up, um, you know, we ended up kind of like we did like showcases for, uh, you know, <laughs> basically, like I said, you know, we would annoy the hell out of them until like we, they gave us a shot and, um, you know, never in like a, an, you know, an, an assholey way. We were always like super nice and everything, but, um, you know, we showcased in New York for, uh, Mercury records and that was still a thing for Epic for Columbia, Hollywood records and Dewey beach. And, and, uh, all, all of these people we would kind of get to know, um, they all, they all sort of said the same thing. You know, they're like, okay, we, we, we love what you do, but we don't know what to do with you. And that was mainly because of the girl factor. Um, uh, yeah. it's like, it's like, well, you know, that's not really a thing right now. And you know, maybe you should stop with the rock thing. Maybe you should go with something else. Maybe you should be like a Kelly Clarkson or whatever the hell, you know? So, wow. um, eventually we just kind of said, you know what, screw it. We're, we're already we're gigging on our own. We're, you know, we're on our way to be, you know, to make at least a decent living doing what we love, just screw it, you know? So we ended up, uh, you know, just branching out. We started uh, playing in New York city and like basically everywhere from like Pennsylvania through to Texas. So, so we had just like, <laughs> basically we'd like with, with our van and our trailer and everything. And, yeah. and we would, we ended up renting, um, this like, like, uh, what this, like, I don't know, like 18 passenger van or something. And we would pile in all of our super fans, um, and go to New York city <laughs> and, and basically play for all of our fans th that the club owner didn't know were just our fans that we like <laughs> carried from Pennsylvania, you know, and, and try to pack the places out. And so this one, this one, uh, club owner, Don Hills, uh, uh, rest in peace, Don. Um, he, he died a couple of years ago. Um, he really liked this and he's like, Oh, you know, why, why don't you come up here? Like, you know, the first Wednesday of every month I'll book you. And, um, and you know, I'll try, I'll try to help you kids out, whatever. It was this like, so the, this place down Hills, it, the, the, the owner, he used to own the cat club okay. back in the eighties. And so this was just kind of his Bar, dive bar like the floor is always sticky there were like rats in the basement it was it was you know it was a shithole but um <laughs> but uh but we would we would go and we do we would do this this same thing you know every month you know that whole pulling that trick of like just all right you know who wants to go to new york city to see a show you know and we would just pile everybody in and uh and go and do these shows and eventually don would start bringing like his lawyer people oh, and, wow. and some people in the, you know, some people in, in the industry, like some like old school manager cats and stuff. And that is how we met, um, our now still our manager, uh, Bill McGathy. And then it's also how we met our, the A&R guy that ended up signing us to Atlantic. Um, but it, it was, it, but it was like such a long process. Cause like, yeah. okay, eventually, eventually like, you know, Hey, you know, you should, Hey, this guy is like, they would bring like the interns from like Atlantic. And then finally there was like the marketing rep and and then there was like the radio, you know, every single month, like there would be new people coming to see us. Um, and we just kept proving ourselves over and over again. And when, by the time, you know, they uh, Atlantic kind of popped the question, 
um, we had proven ourselves as being consistently um, good, but also consistently like packing the place and all of that. And so, and then that whole process, they Monday to Friday us like forever, like, cause we were just in negotiations. And so like, by the time we actually got signed, it was more of a relief, like, Oh Jesus, finally, now what, you know, um, because yeah, it, I know it's, you know, it's, it's a crazy. long process. It, it, it's not like you see in the movies, like, all right, we're going to sign on the dotted line. And then we're going to be stars. It's, it's not, it's not, doesn't happen that no, way at all. Especially the stars, um, yeah. especially the stars part. And you, you, yeah, know, you, no, were, you were lucky. You're I mean, you're still on Atlantic. Um, I don't know if, yeah. there, if that's going to be a, you know, the kind of thing that you're going to be on that label for your whole career. Like that would be amazing. That that's like, you know, Derek Jeter playing for the Yankees like that you know, his whole career, that doesn't happen. You know, it's like the same way players switch teams, bands switch labels. Um, but that's, it seems, it sounds like a really amazing, you know, experience you've had, um, from the label side of things, which seems like these days is not the norm. Yeah, and absolutely. It's kind of, it's funny because now it kind of feels old school because like we're, yeah, we're, on, Atlantic school. Pro- we're on Atlantic yeah. proper and we didn't, and we didn't have a development deal. It was, it was, you know, a, a proper deal, but I think they kind of, they let us do our thing. So basically when we got signed, instead of going into the studio and making a record, we went right out on the road um, because that was kind of primarily our strength was touring and playing live. Right. So so we went right out on the road. Uh, we, we did a, like a live five song EP, um, which is, you know, it was our, a and our guys idea. Like, we'll do a live CD and then you'll just, you'll go out with a bunch of bands. And so, you know, we tore our butts off for a couple of years and, uh, so let's say we were signed in Oh five. And then we finally settled in to make a record in, uh, 2007. Yeah. Um, and then that whole process was a mess too, because we went out to California to try to like find, like we went to meet with some producers and, right. and do some writing. And, you know, we did some co-writing, we did all these, all this stuff. And during this whole process, our A&R guy got fired. Uh, uh, le- le- there was like 800 people and a ton of bands on Atlantic that were let go. Um, every time we would hear something going on, like we literally, we were all crammed in this like tiny apartment in Burbank, California together. And there was this convenience <laughs> store uh, like, like down, like on the corner, you know, and we would go and we would buy like this $5, like really shitty bottle of champagne. Every time something happened, we're like, well, guys, here's to us, you know, like this is, this is, we're going home or going back to Pennsylvania, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, we're next on the chopping block. Right. And, uh, and right. for some reason we just made it through the gauntlet. And, um, but that whole process was crazy. Cause like then, you know, the guy that was going to do our record couldn't do it. Well, and then they're timing wise. It was, yeah. it was Howard Benson that did your first, I think your first two records, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a and, guy and, with a great track record. I mean, Oh, I never absolutely. met him, but and, he's got, I mean, he's made some of my favorite albums like ever. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. It's, it, he's a, he, he's, he's killer, but it, it was funny. Cause like we weren't going to do the record with him. I think it was going to be, let's see, the first one was some kind of, uh, uh, kind of like, we're like, okay, there's like, there was one guy that was a little unknown and then he couldn't do it because of something going on. And, and then, uh, Ben Moody from Evanescence was going to do our record and then mm-hmm. like he uh, something fell through with that and we're like all right what the hell is going on and uh we had a couple meetings with Howard Benson and then um Howard ended up bringing in this freelance um A&R guy Pete Gambarg um who uh was not a part of Atlantic at the time 
um, right. to kind of help us organize all of our stuff. Cause we had like 62 songs that we had written that we had to like narrow down in order to make this record. We had no idea how to do that. Wow. And, and everyone was like, you know, it's like, you know, we're just running around and it was chaos. Well, it's like you've so got, you've he, got your whole life to make your first record, right? That's the old, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's the old thing. <laughs> so, so anyway, trying to make a, you know, long story short, no, um, uh, Pete um, ended up doing our record or helping us organize the record. We did the record and then Pete Gamberg ended up getting hired as head of A&R for Atlantic. So we couldn't have, and then we were his first project on Atlantic. So like we couldn't have like bought that type of luck. Like it just kind of worked out that like, okay, now we're locked in. At least our, our album is going to come out, you know? And then the rest is completely up to us, how we handle that and how we um, you know, keep that up and remain consistent. So yeah, yeah it kind of got the ball rolling there. But so. you, had, you guys had success like right out of the gate. You know, some some artists, um, especially in like you know the mainstream genre, like you talk about development deals and stuff. I know you weren't on one, but you managed to come right out of the gate with like a gold record. Um, uh, yeah, you know that's it, that's it's, doesn't it's happen uncanny. to everyone. No, it almost never happens actually. And well, and it's funny too because it's like we we really couldn't believe it because like, even just like, look, even just hearing like our song on the radio, you know, it was like super magical and we're like, what is going on? Um, but like, you know, like I said, you know, we, we love to tour and that was kind of like the, the beginning and end of it. Like everything that we've done really, I think most bands don't understand this, but it does start and end with you. You know, if you don't have the drive, if you don't, you know, if you aren't constantly working on your craft, if you're not constantly trying to make everything better, what's, you know, we, we always say like it's forward movement. Like Mm -hmm. if you're dependent on the people around you, like, like, you know, I, I love our label. I love our management. Um, I love all these people that support us, but if we just sat back and we're like, well, they're going to come up with all the cool ideas, you know, it, like, I don't think it would have worked out for us. So it's like, you, you don't understand. Well, most, most bands don't understand how much work yeah. it takes to, to all of a sudden be like, oh, cool. Like we're doing it guys. Like we're a real band. Like it's, it's happening, you know, but it, it takes so much work to even get to that no. point. And then to, and then to maintain it like, is even harder. So yeah. yeah. Especially the time that that record, like your first album came out and well, subsequently, like this is when the record industry was literally melting down. Like the, oh, I know. The, <laughs> like the fact that you had a gold record at that time is like insane. Cause nothing was selling like that. That was like, I guess that was still like some people were still buying CDs. Like iTunes was like sort of a thing. I guess it was kind of a big thing at that point, but you know, streaming hadn't come out yet, but CDs were declining. Like that must have been so hard too to wrap your head around, like even for you to understand all that industry stuff. Cause you know, as the, like you just said, you need to be in control. You need to know what's going on. You know, that's up to you to, to kind of understand, like, okay, have the foresight to see where things are going to go. Yeah. And, and no one's going to tell you, you know, it's like, I, I remember this, this, my, our first A&R guy was talking to, he, he, he had signed Jet back in the day. And, um, and, I like and so yeah, I know that song I they had that, oh, um, look what you've done. You've made. Oh, They've yeah, got this, this like uh, ballady song. It kind of sounds like the Beatles. Oh, that was a beautiful song. Oh, I know. Such a good I, song. I miss those guys. Um, I don't know. I don't know really what they're doing right now. Um, but I remember him, uh, our, uh, the A&R guy, his name was Lee Lust. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a DJ. Uh, but, uh, 
but uh, it's, it's like, all oh, right, here's I know like a strip club DJ, you know, <laughs> here's Mercedes. Um, uh, I remember him saying something that resonated with me and he's like, yeah, they're just starting to now ask the right questions. And I'm like, well, that's kind of shitty because like, we don't know the right questions to ask. We're asking questions, but nobody like will tell right. you, you know, that. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it's kind of like that. And, and I'm telling you, man, like, we were just talking about this the other day, like all of our peers that were coming up in that same year, like 2009, like when our first album was released, I, I don't know anybody really that's still doing it that were, that were our peers at the time. It was a horrible time. You know? Horrible time. It was, yeah, it, it was a horrible time for everybody. And like, I don't, and I don't know why, you know, we made it through the gauntlet. I, I think, <laughs> you know, part of it is just being relentless and, not, not wanting to give up the give up, you know, but, um, but that doesn't always that, you know, that that's not always a method for success. Like there's right. no real way to predict that stuff. And uh, there are so many, so many talented bands, but um, well, I that never about, even made it to their second record. No, yeah. totally. Well, I want to talk about your songs. Cause I think the the reason why you guys stand out is just cause you write great songs and oh, mu- musically, of course, you're all very talented players and all that. But when it comes to, to the lyrics, you are fearless. Um, I don't know if you write all the lyrics or if it's a collaborative thing or whatever, but your lyrics are fearless. And I find it so refreshing um, for an artist to have no fear. And and, and all my favorite artists do that. Um, oh, thanks, man. What is like, how do you just sit down? Do you just sit down and say, fuck it? Like, I, I that's the only thing I can imagine, you know, in terms of the writing process, like, because it's so honest, but it, can still be so deep. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, for some reason, my my guys trust me with words, <laughs> and I'm not quite sure why. Um, well, you're you know, very well spoken. Uh, so, oh, I, I mean, you're a very um, good conversationalist. You're very easy to talk to. Oh, you too, man. Seriously, um, and I, you know, I'm just I'm obsessed with this stuff anyway. This is all I talk about. So, Perfect. you know, it's it's no uh, <laughs> no problems here. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's there's this this band. I do credit this band with uh, allowing me or at least allowing me to evolve into um, a better version of myself, you know? And I, I feel like um, through words and through songs, I'm able to express that in a better way than, than maybe I can even to myself, just, you know, just being like a, a, a normal person. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. There's there's all these things that go into it. like okay, you know what what can I pull off? How how far can I take it? You know, really and, far. Uh, you can take it really and, far. <laughs> like, I, I heard some of those lyrics. Like some of the shit you're saying, I'm like, did she just say that? Like, let me Google that real fast. Is that oh, Hold that's on. the words. And I'm like, wow. You know, like I'm all the sex stuff and all. Just it's like it's no one does that, and you are like championing that. And it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty special. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I don't know. And that's fun too. It's, it's fun to see, um, how far over the line you can take it before anyone's like, Oh no, 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 (laughs) that's not where, you know, it's, it's, it's fun for me, but there's also, there's an element of obviously everything starts with, with uh, the core of, of my truth, which is, you know, something that I'm either going through or that I want to say and want to get out. And then you just kind of keep for, for myself anyway, my process, I, I just, I keep drafting and redrafting until it feels like something that, 
um, that I could sing in front of an audience today, you know? And, uh, and I'm not afraid to, um, and this is honestly, like, I I don't think I was like this as a a teenager. I think I was a little bit more precious about the things that I was writing. Um, but today, like I have no problem, uh, you know, working for hours and hours uh, on something just to have it not be good enough and throw it away. You know, it's like, you just have to kind of be that way. And, and, and understand that it's, it's not going to be right until, until this, like, it, it's hard to describe when you know something is like there and know something's right. But, but until you have that feeling and understand, you know, that this is the final draft, right. um, you just keep working. So I, like, and I love it. I do like, I, it's something that I do every day, regardless of whether we have, uh, you know, an album coming out or, or, or not. Um, you know, I make a conscious effort to sit down and do something, create something every day. So, okay. So I'm, I'm imagining this, this scenario. Okay. In my head, I've played my bands my whole life. Right. So you're in a room, maybe you're jamming, you come up with some riffs, you write some music, right? Like maybe you have some vocal, you know, melodic ideas. Right. And then (laughs) there's this kind of, you have the shape of the song musically written and then it's your job to either write the lyrics from scratch or like kind of turn in a few ideas into like the final lyrics so you walk into you know whether it's the producer there or the band which also features your brother by the way and you write you turn in this song that's like definitely about like having sex or a threesome <laughs> like are there times when you're like you're walking into that meeting with this like sheet in your hand being like ah fuck <laughs> like uh, is that there yeah. must be some like difficulty i mean i don't know uh, you know, it's it, it now, uh, especially like when, when it comes to like, you know, label and A&R guy, uh, exactly, to me, it's yeah. almost, it, it's to, to me, it's almost, uh, more satisfying to, <laughs> to put something down because it's like, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's like, uh, it's like a, um, I don't know. It's like a chess move, you know, it's like, well, you're not going to be able to, you're going to, are, are you going to blush? Are you blushing? Really? <laughs> um, uh, but I, but I, but I literally, I had to explain once to our A&R guy, uh, what's see you next Tuesday, man. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that was the funniest conversation because or I'm literally like at, at Atlantic in his office, we're going through some songs and, um, we had this song on our second record called, uh, you call me a bitch like it's a bad thing. And, 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 and I, I ended up saying, you know, see you next Tuesday in it. And, and I, and our guy is like, why Tuesday? Like, couldn't it like be Friday or Saturday? like another fun day? Why Tuesday? And so I'm just like, but do I have to explain this to you? You're a grown man. Like, you know, in what is wow. he? He's in, like in his fifties right now. And I'm like, yeah, you think you would know that it's, a, it's, it's a euphemism. Do, do I have to explain? And, and then but it's like, Oh, Oh yeah, no, I love, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Just you, you keep it Tuesday. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, guy needs to get woke. The, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it, it's funny. My, my brother, my brother's a good sport about the whole thing. Like he, he understands that like when I'm writing about this stuff, it's not, it, it's, you know, it's, he, he gives me that freedom to, sure. to be myself. And, and, and my, and my guys uh, have always been allies in that. And like I said, like that's, that's, it, it, to me, it's like, that's the strongest thing. Cause they don't let their, um, uh, whether or not they're uncomfortable with what I'm saying or, you know, egos or anything get in the way of, of whatever's going to make that work and whatever I need to get out at the moment or what I need to say. And I, I forget whether it was 
my little bro, I think it was either my little bro or my, or my uh, bass player said in some interview, um, cause you know, people like to talk to them about it when I'm not in the room. Like, so what do you really think? You know? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they get cornered a bunch about that stuff. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I forget how exactly he put it, but, um, basically, uh, I guess their opinion of it is that, um, I'm a bad liar. So if I, uh, if I'm writing about something that I don't believe in or, or I can't entirely get behind, it's just not going to work. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to connect in some way. So, so they're like, so whatever she's got to (laughs) do, we're just going to support it. (laughs) And so it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to like be surrounded by your best friends like that and have them be okay with whatever you got going on. No, I love it. And the fact that, like you said earlier, it's been the four of you, you know, for 17 years and you have this family bond and you're such good friends. That's, that makes sense now when you describe that, that, you know, you guys are all just on the same level. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And like I said, I don't, I don't really question it because I don't know why um, we have that dynamic and maybe, maybe it's because some of us are family. Like I, right. but I know that can, that can work against people too. Like, you know, totally. look at the Oasis kids and like, yeah. it's like they're always fighting. Um, but it trickles down to even with our crew, you know, I think that we know how to like my brother and I, like we know how to fight and not like throw the whole thing away because you know, we're family, whatever. It's like, we can get annoyed with each other and not have it be this epic, you know, like we're never going to play again and we're never going to talk. And it, like that just doesn't exist. So I think <laughs> that that vibe just kind of bleeds through to, you know, to the rest of the band, but also like our crew and everybody like our, you know, our tour managers, like uncle Mike, you know, it's like, I don't know. Like we have, we, we have a pretty fantastic vibe and love it. I'm, I'm extremely thankful for it. I love that. I love, especially for like a mainstream major label rock artist, like the fact that you're still grassroots and like, cool about that is you know that's i I, i'd like that to be the norm but sadly it isn't always (laughs) that's very true um so i don't want to take up too much more of your time i really do appreciate you doing this uh i I got i don't know if i really have any other questions i had i had one here about one question about how you guys still embrace doing cover songs which i (laughs) i think is really cool because like when i saw you at that festival which i keep talking about you did like an Adele cover like by yourself and it, like, oh, yeah. it kind of like brought the house down. And I was like, wow, like the fact that a band, like a Grammy winning artist is just like, fuck it. This is a good song. I'm going to play it like to, to put your ego aside. That's like not a lot of bands do that either. Oh, thanks. I don't know. It's, it's fun. Um, I also, what I love about, about uh, cover songs is that it, by, by you learning somebody else's great song, right? Um, two things happen. You end up learning something new, you know, either musically or otherwise. Um, but it also, it puts you in a place where you get to see what an, what an action, what a great song, um, that's already proven, you know, will do to an audience. So right. then when you're writing new songs on your own, you're just, you're, ch- it's like, it's like, you can't go back. It's like, you're chasing that feeling and you're chasing that, that idea um, with your own song. So like, to me, I almost, I almost do it selfishly because if I get stuck on something or if I feel like I'm just kind of writing the same stuff over and over again, it's like doing those cover EPs or, or throwing something yeah. like that in, uh, in order to compare almost like just subconsciously compare it to, to whatever it is that you're writing. Um, it, it can be used as a really cool tool. Like for instance, actually, <laughs> um, 
if it wasn't for us doing that, so we we would we every now and then put out some cover EPs and yeah, we ended up covering a um, a Skid Row song, "Slave to the Grind." I saw that, yeah. Um, and uh, and if it wasn't for that tempo of song and us actually like learning it and, and trying to make it into our own, um, we wouldn't have had one of our songs, "Love Bites," which then we wouldn't have a Grammy. So, in a lot of ways, you know, it, I don't know, it brings new life into yeah, whatever it you're doing. You out of your comfort zone for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I love yeah. that. I love so, that. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So more of a more of a tool, I guess, than anything else. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, you got the ship rocked coming up. That's going to be insane. Uh, I see you got a few more dates coming up after that. And um, what's the plan? Um, you know, for the rest of the year. Um, really, we're hunkering down to write another record. So, um, cool. you know, that's kind of going to be like the routine is going to be like, all right, get up, create, um, <laughs> have a few obligations throughout the year, just to kind of keep the you know, keep ourselves in the public eye and and, the insurance bills. Yeah. And all that, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, keep the roof over the head and, uh, and yeah, but you know, and there's also, um, there's a lot, there's, it's starting to kind of trickle out now, but, um, I've been guesting with a bunch of people that are, they're now like actually, releasing a lot of those oh, yeah, things I saw so, the in this moment so you're, one right yeah you're yeah. You're, you're all gonna be kind of sick of me um anyway on the radio even even though i'm not we're not necessarily constantly touring y'all are still gonna be sick of me um but uh but yeah so that's exciting too but uh, cool. really yeah we're just new new music and uh and new new album soon so yeah all right well lizzie thank you so much for for talking to me and uh and doing the show Oh, dude, anytime. Seriously. It's really awesome having you. Well, I'd love to do it again. I mean, down the road, you got a new record, something else to talk about. Let's, uh, let's chat again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you're, you're so easy to talk to. It just felt like a rambling conversation (laughs) that I would have had, (laughs) that that I would have in my living room anyway with anybody. So yeah, that's the point of this whole thing is just, just to chat and, (laughs) and hopefully some people take something out of this. I I know I did. So. Oh, thanks bud. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you, Lizzie. Anytime, man. Uh, have a great rest of your day. You too. <laughs> so there it is with Lizzie. She is the best. And I'm really excited for some new Hailstorm music. They're just a band that whenever they come on the radio, I just want to crank it up, man. She is so badass. I want to thank her so much for taking the time to talk to me and just being so honest about everything too. It, it was really, really, really refreshing to have such a great conversation with an awesome mainstream Grammy nominated artist. Really, really, really cool. Next week, I'll be back again with another great episode. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. And again, I want to remind you, if you want to help with the show, help this thing keep going week after week check out the lead singer syndrome all access club i totally forgot the link earlier <laughs> it is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access that's what you need to get yourself in i will leave you with a tune here is uncomfortable by hailstorm on lead singer syndrome peace of love i'll see you next time Yeah.
What did it all to shame?